If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 170. But this year, the day of, I was like, I I think this is the year that I feel really confident. And then, yeah, I, my first run was really good. I had a ton of people come up to me and say, I think you're in the lead right now. Obviously, I kind of took it with a grain of salt. Like, anything can happen. Anybody that was racing Jake's could have easily won uh, just because of how stacked that race is. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about. Wait! Okay, now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Art of Awesome podcast. I am your host, Nick Troutman. And this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. Today, I have another phenomenal guest as I get to sit down and talk with one of my great friends and the recent King of the North Fork, Hayden Voorhees, as we talk all about his journey into kayaking, as well as hosting the North Fork Championships and taking home the title and the crown of the North Fork this year. So just a phenomenal conversation, a lot of excitement around the North Fork Championships and some great stories as well. So very excited to share this with you and let's go ahead and jump right into it. Here is Hayden Voorhees. Well, first off, Hayden, thank you so very much for joining me here on the Art of Awesome podcast. It's awesome to be here, Nick. (laughs) Yeah, this is another one where we get to actually interview face-to-face live as we're sitting in my RV in the smoldering heat here in... Two feet away from each other. Yeah, just looking into your (laughs) eyes the whole time, Um, but chilling here in Cascade, Idaho, and... There's lots that I want to talk to you about. Definitely want to dive into your recent win on the North Fork Championships and how you guys deal with hosting that and competing. But before all of that, I want to ask, uh, how did you get into the sport of kayaking? Because your whole family, definitely in this area, is known as uh, as as the kayaking family of Boise. Yeah, so, so started kayaking when I was six years old. My parents taught me how to kayak. Um, 
basically it all started when my dad learned how to kayak when he was not a kid but when he was younger and then he uh eventually got pretty good started teaching at the college that he went to and um met my mom she took the class and taught her how to kayak and then on their honeymoon actually they were driving down past the north fork and they followed some guys that were kayaking it and my dad was like we have to move here to we have to move to Boise we have to move here for the north fork of the Payette and um and yeah so Alec Connor and I we all learned how to kayak in our own kayaks when we were six basically grew up on the banks of the Payette River and yeah that's awesome I love that uh that they just saw the north fork and decided to move here because of it and what a great reason to move here that the north fork and the south fork too but the north fork pet is definitely a very special river not only because the rapids are epic and huge and continuous but i find it fairly unique in the sense that you've got the road driving up the river the whole way so you pretty much the entire run is roadside which is um awesome because it's easy to get out and portage or get out and scout or anything like that but even just driving up the road i find it just so uh so amazing to just like look out and look at the rabbits so much so that i've got to be careful not to get distracted because i don't want to drive off the road um which i now that just thinking about that i wonder if that's why there's so many cars that go into the north fork is because they're just like enthralled with the rapids and they're looking at them i wonder if that's like a, a fact or not uh, yeah, it is the most dangerous highway in Idaho, so that's probably a factor. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there's like there's vehicles that go in there on the regular. Like I think there's like two in in the last week or ten days. There's one in there right now. Yeah, yeah. there's one in the North Fork and the South Fork. Yeah, kind of wild. Anyway, be careful if you're driving up the North Fork or the South Fork Road. Uh, don't be too enthralled with the rapids and keep your eyes on the road. But um, I want to dive more into. So you grew up here in Idaho, paddling the the Payette River and the different sections of it. Um, you also traveled around a whole bunch as a kid, and because I remember paddling with you as a kid, this like super scrawny little kid. Now you've just gotten a lot taller. Um, still scrawny. Still a little yeah. bit scrawny, yeah. <laughs> but um, you traveled around with your family and competed a whole bunch on the freestyle circuit. Where did... I definitely saw you like a lot more in your freestyle boat before I thought of you as like a creek racer. How did that whole transition go from just paddling a freestyle boat a ton into, was it like seeing your older brother racing or what kind of got you into wanting to creek race and then also uh, racing the North Fork? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I started out always in a freestyle kayak. My first kayak was a fun one and then went to Shooting Star um and i was always a pretty small kid like you said and so i had a sidekick but when i was 10 years old and i paddled the lower five on the north fork for my first time and i wasn't the biggest fan of it i got pushed around a lot more than alec did and uh more than i was comfortable Mm -hmm. you know there's pictures of me in the sidekick and i was it was a bathtub for me which yeah you probably weighed 35 pounds yeah Yeah. if that soaking wet so (laughs) um once I started getting a little bit bigger and uh, started paddling, I don't know, there's not too many good freestyle spots around 
uh, the payettes, you know, you've got the gutter, which is not the best. And then you got Kelly's, but it's still hour and a half away from Boise. What about bladder waves? Yeah, it's very rare. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so there's not too many good freestyle spots. So when I'm home, the rivers, river running was there and I always watched it. But um, I think when I was around 12 is when I got back on the North Fork and I think 12 was when I um, got back on the lower five and, you know, had more fun with it and then started getting moving, working my way up the North Fork. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know when my first race was probably home stake race when mm-hmm. I was 15, 16, maybe. Um, not as pushy as the North Fork. Not quite. Yeah. A yeah, little, little different style there. Homestake and North Fork are definitely a little bit different volume. There was, uh, uh <laughs> this year when we were racing North Fork, I th- or no, sorry, this year when we were racing Homestake, I think there was 50 CFS. Um, so definitely a little smaller in the volume comparison for sure. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's still a legit race and, uh, definitely technical. Um, so you go from racing Homestake and then just spending more time in your creek boat and river running the North Fork? Yeah, I'd probably say I switched from mainly being a freestyle kayaker to, I don't know, having more fun in a creek boat and just traveling around doing different rivers. Um, probably when I was 17 or 18 is when I kind of really got into um, creek racing. I think when I was 17 was when I qualified for the North Fork Championship. So mm-hmm. I raced in to the Jake's race. Um I think I was second qualifier. It was high water year, so it was yeah like four thousand CFS that year and uh ended up taking thirteenth in the Jake's race, which I was super stoked on. And then um yeah I think that was kind of my breakout year mm-hmm. of I don't know, just getting getting used to it and having more fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And I think everybody was extremely stoked for you to not only just make uh, the qualifier, but then like your performance at Jake's as well. Um, And then I've been just watching you over the years. I mean, again, I've been watching you since you were like super young, like 10 years old or something like that paddle. But I've been seeing you progress, especially in racing. And when we were watching on the live stream, I wasn't there. I was in uh in england for the world championships as you know but when we were watching the live stream i was saying to to emily and the people that i was watching with i was like oh my money's on hayden this year even though i think dane always is is you know pretty capable and and certainly uh, a strong competitor but i definitely thought you were like the underdog in the sense that like not quite the dark horse but still maybe not the one that everybody's putting their money on um and a combination of the fact that, I mean, you've probably got as many laps on Jake's as almost anybody. Alec might have a couple more than you at this point. Um, but I still think just the fact that you're fairly tall, like how tall are you? Six feet. Six yeah. feet. Okay. Maybe, maybe I just think everybody <laughs> taller than me is really tall. So you're six feet. How much do you weigh? Uh, probably 155, 150. Right. And so taller, you don't weigh too much and I'm just thinking that that arm length to the flotation that you get 
I, I'm guessing that it's got to make for a super fast racer. I don't know. That was like my yeah. mentality <laughs> like that. And just watching your super smooth lines. I was like, my money's on Hayden this year. Um, and so I was super stoked to, to watch you in the race. And we, when we were watching, we weren't taking splits or anything. So we mm-hmm. had no idea until, until they announced the winners, but watching your lines, I definitely was like, Oh man, I don't know. Hayden's definitely going to be up there. Um, so I was super stoked to see you not only just on the podium, I would have been equally stoked for you to be on the podium, but just amazed to see you on top. What was that? What did that feel like? It was, I don't know. Like when I was practicing, obviously I didn't get too many practice laps with organizing and running around and, um, all that kind of stuff. But practicing i felt super consistent which is always a good sign when you're going into a race yeah um but it felt like i don't know i've always known i can do really well in that race and i took sixth place last year um but this year the day of i was like i i think this is the year that i feel really confident that's awesome Um, and then, yeah, I, my first run was really good. I had a ton of people come up to me and say, I think you're in the lead right now. Obviously, I kind of took it with a grain of salt. Like, anything can happen. Anybody that was racing Jake's could have easily won. Right. Uh, just because of how stacked that race is. Um, and also, I was like, if I think I win, then during awards, if I got second, I didn't want to be bummed at all. Right. You know? Right. So. No, it's good. It's good to, to keep that mentality for sure. So, as one of the organizers, I've got I've got a, two questions here. But um, one, how is it? Because this is the second year you and Alec and your family have kind of taken over the North Fork Championships, which is a big like event, and there's a lot going on. You've got you've got um, the movie night and the whole giveaway thing in Boise. Then you've got the qualifier race. Then you've got the um, the motocross race at S-Turn. And then Jake's being the follow. So it's like three or four days of, of activities and events now. Uh, and then the whole festival at the event grounds and the camping and everything. There's like watching you guys last year, there's a lot that goes into it all. And even last year, I remember seeing you guys just, it almost was like you guys were just nonstop running around, not like putting out fires, but just being very active, like doing a lot. So how is it putting on such a big event and, and wearing so many hats while still competing and then, and then still taking, you know, taking home the crown at the end of the day? Yeah. I mean, this race obviously can't happen with so many people that help out volunteer all our staff and everything. Yeah. And then Alec and my mom definitely, Alec definitely takes on a major role in the whole organization of it. It's not something that you can just like throw together. It's months and kind of an all year thing that we do. Um, but yeah, last year being the first year, it was definitely hard because, you know, we didn't know like, all right, this is when we need to do this thing or we need to be here now. Uh, This year, it was definitely more relaxed in the sense that, you know, we had everything done and then we're like, all right, well, we should be doing something, but we had already, I don't know. Prepared for it all. Already prepared for it all. So this year I was able to get more practice laps than I did last year. Part of that's because of water levels last year coming on so late, but Mm -hmm. then... um, 
yeah, this year I think I got 11 training laps on it, maybe 12, which last year I got five. So yeah, that's <laughs> it all, awesome. It all helps. And then the other thing this year, there was crazy high water right before the event. So as an organizer, is that like a stressful thing? Like, is there a cutoff limit of when you guys are you know, willing to race or whether your insurance allows you to race Jake's or anything like that. Like how did that haul, like just the high water level, like was there any stresses with that for you guys? There is, I mean, we had quite a bit of, uh, we didn't have the best winter, but then it all just came on in spring. So we didn't know how high it was going to get. Um, which is kind of the most stressful part about it is, you know, it just keeps jacking up and, um, obviously as a racer i would have loved it at any level Mm -hmm. and the higher the better for me but um yeah i mean there is a cutoff that we have to have for insurance purposes i think it's around six or seven thousand cfs and it got up to 4,500 this year. Okay, so you've so, got some like room to go even higher. Room. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, you guys had, what was it, a super late snowfall like in early to mid-June, right? Yeah, it was, I think, the week before it was snowing at the put-in. Um, but yeah, April, May was a pretty wet uh, spring, which was awesome. We had a pretty bad winter. Um, yeah but it, it saved us for sure. That's awesome. It, it's obviously got to be pretty, not necessarily the late wet spring, but the snowfall in June, that's got to be pretty rare for you guys. Or is that something that actually happens here often? Um, it just depends, you know? Yeah. What What's the elevation here exactly? Do you remember? Uh, around three to seven or three to 4,000. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you've got some elevation. I've definitely, I've seen, I've seen um, early June snowfall in like in Colorado and in the Rockies, um, but three thousand seems still like fairly low mm-hmm. for a June snowfall. So you do your race, you do the event organizing. Did you have no idea that you won then until they called your name? So did like who? Obviously, somebody that's helping you guys organize the race knows who the winners are. So, how do they like keep that from you guys, or who who knows the the juicy <laughs> details of like who's winning and like when they're calling out the top ten and stuff? Yeah. So, Alec and I obviously race and organize, but once the race starts, we try to separate ourselves from any results, any gate judging. Uh, we don't even know who the gate judges were. That gotcha. was all somebody that we hired and. Um, like kind of got somebody else to do all that stuff for us. So um, once the results came in, we all got an email. Alec and I obviously didn't look at the email. Mm -hmm. I think my mom pulled it up and then showed somebody else to write all the checks and show the announcers and everything like that. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't know until everybody else knew. And then also, um, you know, as we start counting down the top 10 and it gets closer and closer, you know, you always have that, gosh, maybe something happened and I didn't, didn't even make top 10. Didn't, didn't yeah. have that fast of a run. But I think once we got to the top three, me, Kaylin and Dane all knew that we all had fast lines and were up there. And so it kind of, um, Kaylin got called up and, you know, obviously stoked for Kaylin his mm-hmm. first NFC. And um, it was really cool to see him paddling, crushing on both laps. And then uh, Dane and I were right next to each other and we knew that we were, top one and two. And so, uh, 
when we when we realized together that I won it was when Bailey announced that Dane was second. Yeah, number number two was Dane, and so then we, you know, he was he had a moment where he was like ah, oh, and then realized that I won, and it almost seemed like he was just as stoked for me as if he would have won. So that's it was awesome. really cool. Yeah, he's he's pretty good at uh, one. I think Dane, you know. No one, no one's worried about Dane not winning enough events because he wins enough. But, uh, but I actually think he's a pretty good loser in the sense that, like, when he loses, he's usually pretty happy for whoever did win. So, uh, and I'm sure he's got to be super stoked, you know, being a great friend that uh, to see you on top. I know I was. That was the feeling that I had anyway. I was stoked that Dan, stoked all three of you guys that Kalen was third, uh, mm-hmm. that Dane was second, but just just ecstatic to see you in the number one seat. Um, so where, where does everything go from here? You've taken the crown. You're, you're the king of the North Fork right now. (laughs) Um, what do you guys got planned for hosting next year? I'm assuming that the event is going to continue on. Um, anything different? You guys just going to kind of keep it as it is, or have you thought of, you know, changing anything up or adding any events? Uh, probably not going to add any events. Um, I think for the most part, we're going to keep it pretty, pretty similar. Uh, not, you know, it happened about a month ago, so we don't know too. We haven't thought about any big major changes quite yet. Um, but yeah, you know, it's grown so much in the last 10 years. It's massive. Yeah. So this year it's 10th year and it was substantially bigger. Um, and you could feel it. There is, I don't know, the energy. Uh, one of the coolest parts about it this year was the crowd. Mm-hmm. It was like nothing before you go through, um, go into Rock Drop. And if you made that Rock Drop Ferry Gate, which was the hardest one to make, you know, you could hear it. And it was, it felt like you're in a stadium and somebody just like hit a buzzer beater shot or something like that. And you could hear it from the ramp. And that's how, like, some of us racers, when we were like, oh, did he make that gate? You could hear it from the crowd if they made the gate or not. So that, wow. was, that was super cool. It was, you know, roaring over over the um, sound of the river and everything. Yeah, which which the sound of Jake's already <laughs> is like fairly loud. It's a really steep, big rapid. Um, but the, the sound of the crowd roar is definitely, it's, it's amazing. I mean, everybody is so amped uh, and just so excited for when the racers make it. Such a phenomenal race, such an phenomenal event do you remember how many racers were in the qualifier because i i think of the north fork now as probably the biggest event in in whitewater kayaking as a whole yeah um i i'm sure that there's people out there listening that would like to <laughs> uh to argue with me on that fact i know that the green race is really big i know that it's trophy over in europe is really big i've raced both of those as well but I still believe that that the North Fork, just the whole scene, uh, it's like a four-day event now. It's got this huge festival uh, at the campgrounds and, I mean, a a massive spectator turnout. Uh, How many people are actually racing now throughout the whole thing? Do you you have any idea of those numbers? This year was the most that there's ever been. I think it was around 190, so just shy of 200. Wow. Uh, Which is crazy the more the most female racers that we've had uh ever and most female racers that we've had race on jakes so it's super cool to see the progression and also seeing the progression of like the next generation of 
whitewater kayakers and yeah, a lot of young racers. guys. Yeah, yeah, a lot of young guys coming up there. Super cool to see that. Like even so, Kalen he got third. I'm trying to remember how old he is. I think he's. 18 or 19. Yeah, yeah, super young. I don't even know if he's 20 yet. So, no. um, And he wasn't the only one. He's just the one that was on the podium. But again, a lot of phenomenal young racers coming through there. A lot of uh, a lot of women, which is amazing to see. And still the best of the best showing up to race. And again, stoked to see you taking home the championships. Um, Hayden, I'm going to move us on to the second part of the show that I call the fire round. And I'm going to fire off a couple quick questions at you. First question I have for you is, do you have a favorite quote that, or a current quote that you live by? Um, gosh, that's a hard one. I know I don't really have one. One that's really stuck with me was one that both Alec and I, uh, thought of, not thought of, but heard when we were growing up and it was work until your idols become your rivals, Mm -hmm. which I feel like this year was just that. And, you know, looking up to Dane so much and now, uh, you know, beating him in one of the biggest races in the world. And, uh, obviously I know that on any day he can take me down, but that was, that was pretty cool. That's super cool. I love that quote. And it is a super cool feeling because that's the beauty of competition is it when you win an event like that or like the world championships or anything like that, it's not necessarily saying like, oh, you're the best forever, you know, for this entire year or whatever. It's like, well, no, you were the best in that moment on that day. But that's what the competition is. That's the game that we're playing yeah, we're we're totally. playing a game and it's whoever wins this game. Um, so super cool to see that. Uh, and again, yeah, just amazing to see work till your idols become your rivals. I love that quote. Um, Hayden, do you by chance, do you read much? Just no. A side note. I was going to ask, what's your favorite book? No. But if you don't read much, um, do you have, uh, do you have a favorite like YouTube channel or, or is there, what kind of content do you consume? Whether it's, if it's not books, do you consume any type of content? I don't is know. Is it like TikTok? You're pretty yeah, young. Pretty, yeah, big on TikTok. Go follow Jackson Kayak on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, forgot you run that, don't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, go check out the TikToks. <laughs> no, check out that's... Jackson Kayak. That's all Hayden dancing. Yeah. No, no, it's good. It's good stuff on there. Um, I'd probably say, yeah, YouTube's pretty big, uh, especially kind of for my generation. I feel like YouTube, mm-hmm. everybody's on YouTube, but uh, probably favorite channels on there's Dane Senders, yeah, yeah, they they do some pretty yeah. good stuff. When so, you when are you gonna come up with like a a, a huge YouTube following? Man, probably might, not. Might yeah. be your goal for this year after winning the crown. You're like, no, we'll oh, I'm see. just gonna I'm gonna create like a YouTube yeah. channel. There you a whole go. new life journey now. New life journey. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Which, side note, I find it hilarious <laughs> asking you this question because how old are you? You're 22. 22. So there's not that many younger selves that you might speak to. But if you were to speak to like the 14, 16-year-old uh, Hayden, what advice would you give him? probably read more read more yeah i like that i wouldn't be so bad at reading now 
You know, I didn't read much when I was a kid, and uh, only in the last like several years did I really get mm-hmm. into reading. And I definitely consume a lot of books, a lot of audio stuff uh, now as well. Uh, I like that advice. Actually, read more. Yeah, I'm. I'm still working on trying to read faster. Emily yeah. can like crush books in like hours, and it yeah. takes me days or months. So definitely trying to read faster. But the idea of read more—that's that's actually some great advice. Um. Hayden, if today was your last day on earth and everything that you've done up to now, all of your events, all of your coaching, we're, we're both here at the Kelly's Whitewater Camp teaching a ton of kids, uh, just everything that you've done, all the phenomenal achievements, advice that you've given, it was all to disappear with you. And all that you were left with was a piece of paper and a pen and you could write down three truths, three things that you believe to be true, could be for your brothers, your family, future generations. Um, it's a good question. I think number one, one thing that Johnny Chase always told me that, uh, it's never too high to put on a river. I like that. I like that. Uh, number two, gosh, I don't even know. Uh, number two, I don't even know. I can't even think of two more. <laughs> We're, we're just going to stick with one truth. I love that. We're diluting this down or not. We're not diluting this. We're concentrating this down to one truth. And that truth is it's never too high to put on a river. Amazing advice. Um, I don't know if that's good advice, but well, that's actually true. <laughs> Maybe not actually the best advice, but it does make me chuckle. So, And it is true. It's never too high to put on. It's, it is also true. I would uh, be careful taking that advice everywhere, <laughs> but do what you want with it. Um, being that I have so much fun with these interviews and I actually gain quite a bit, something that I try to do is provide as much value as I can as well. So is there anything that you, Hayden, are currently focusing on that I might be able to help you out with or possibly even my listeners? Just follow me on Instagram, Hayden Voorhees Kayak. There we have it, folks. Go check out Hayden Voorhees Kayak on Instagram. Um... Maybe check him out on TikTok at, under Jackson Kayak as well. But yeah, definitely, it's a good spot. Definitely check him out on Instagram. Um, is there anywhere else that uh, that anybody, if people want to follow along your journey, is that is Instagram the place to be? Instagram, uh, I do post my uh, yearly highlight reels on YouTube when I make those, but that's about it. You gonna make one this year? We got some highlights. highlights. Yeah, yeah, we got a couple. Also, you guys should also check out uh, the North Fork Championships yeah. on Instagram as well. Another great channel. And if you guys haven't been to the event, definitely come check out the event. It is a, just, it's a blast to either partake in or to spectate. Uh, it's truly one of my favorite events in whitewater kayaking. So definitely come check out the North Fork next year. Um Go check out and follow Hayden on Instagram. Thank you so very much for your time, Hayden. For all of our listeners out there, I hope you guys had as much fun listening to Hayden, got as much value out of this conversation as I did. Please go follow him on Instagram at Hayden Voorhees Kayak. And if you guys did get value out of this, please share it out with a friend or family member um, as we are just trying to build our collective as a whole. And you guys sharing our content is the easiest and best way to do so. Uh, Yeah, so thank you guys so very much. I'm tuning off with Hayden Voorhees 
and I'm going to wish you guys uh, a truly awesome day. Cheers. Thanks, Nick. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.